Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Monday morning as we continue with all of the monsoons that are just so wonderful, something we needed for so, so long, and uh, plenty of of, uh, enjoyable new weather out there for us Arizonans, especially us natives that have been here for so long in this dry heat. (laughs) And as much as I hate the humidity, you know, because if I – if I love humidity, I would live, you know, in Florida or something. Uh, it's it's a nice change of pace here. But on this August the 16th, it is 7.02 on your Monday morning right here on the Jeff Dean Show, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN, Tucson, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. We have no shortage of things to get into today. A ton of football to talk, of course, as there was a lot going on nationally in the NFL, of course, preseason week number one. And all of the rookie quarterbacks were on display. Well, almost all of them, I guess I should say, not all of them. Um, And we're going to go through a lot of the performances, what we saw, some of the takeaways from the the different quarterbacks that we saw on the different teams and, uh, you know, who made a splash, who, who do I think is ready for an NFL week one start, regular season start. Who needs to wait? Who should wait based on whom they're backing up, what the team looks like, what the schedule looks like, what are their what are their aspirations for this season? You know, for a team like Jacksonville, they're obviously going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL this year. What should they do with, with Trevor Lawrence? Should they feed him to the Lions? Or do they let him season for a you know moment and uh, marinate for a little bit and just kind of soak it all in? I you know, I'll have my my opinions on every single one of them, and not just based on what I saw over the weekend. As I, it seemed like I was just in front of the television all weekend watching football, which is never a bad thing. Uh, and and I, I have plenty of opinions on things that I saw, and we'll specifically talk about the quarterbacks. I mean, that's that's the most you know the most important position. Of course, most people want to just know what the quarterbacks look like. I, I'm not going to sit here and talk to you about what rookie tight ends showed up the most or rookie linebackers or whatever it's it's all going to be quarterback talk when we talk about the NFL Um, and look there's not a whole lot of takeaway as far as team aspect goes in week one of the preseason certain coaches and I think it's developing more and more this way uh, they just prefer not to have their starters on the field for too long Um, whether it be for for precautionary reasons where they don't want to get them hurt or if they want to just kind of hide what they're doing for the regular season. It's, a, it's three preseason games. The regular season starts. You get a 17-game season, 18 weeks this year. I've given my opinions on how I think the NFL season should look. I don't think there should be any preseason games. I think it should be 18-game regular season. It should be a 20- or 21-week season total uh, without any preseason games. If, if you don't know as a coach – in practice who your players are and who they aren't, then you shouldn't be coaching. Uh, It's just plain and simple. And I know that it's important to see game reps and all that other stuff, but look, (laughs) what the coaches tell the media are what the fans want to hear, what the media wants to hear. What's really going on in those locker rooms and in those meeting rooms, in those coaches' rooms, are discussions that are totally different and have very, very little to do with 
what they saw on the field during a scrimmage in some preseason game against a bunch of players who won't be in an NFL roster come week number one. And uh, uh, the, re- the reason I have this opinion of, uh, of a no preseason season for the NFL, essentially, no preseason games, is because I've actually talked with the people in the NFL. I've talked with general managers. I've talked with co- head coaches, former coaches, players. We've had these discussions. You don't, you don't really learn anything about your starting you, – the 28, 29 players that are going to play on Sundays, you don't learn a whole lot about them from the preseason games. You learn about who you want to keep the other, you know, the other 23, 24 guys on your roster, who maybe you would like to protect, uh, you know, as far as like a practice squad guy. And those are a lot of times just based on, you know, the, 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 the I guess the, the wealth of their contract. You know, what is, what is the value of their contract? So a lot of that is based on that. So, but we'll get into that a little bit later on. I, I definitely have plenty of NFL preseason to talk. Saw some things out there that I liked. Saw some things I didn't like. And, uh, look, it just shows that, that the collegiate level of, you know, of, of coaching and things like that, I do believe they are getting players more ready for the NFL. However, the schemes and the like in college football and the types of players that are being attracted to play the quarterback position at the collegiate level are not what the NFL coaches are necessarily looking for. So we'll get into that. And uh, plenty of other NFL to talk as well as um, there are going to be some uh, some games played this week that we can circle on our calendar and uh, and some injury news and notes and things like that. Plenty of college football to talk about. Of course, observations and reactions from a weekend of Arizona football practices as well as a scrimmage that was, uh, that was last night at uh, Arizona Stadium as some fans and the media got to go out and watch a team play in a practice. They had a live tackling session um, and a full 11-on-11 team sessions uh, with first, second, and third stringers, or if you want to call it that, the defense is is pretty banged up right now. So there were rotational guys playing on the first-team defense and the like. So, um, again, this is, uh, you know, it's important in college to have these types of scrimmages, especially tackling scrimmages. You want to see which guys can go out there and, and tackle, play full speed, play under control, play smart, um, all those types of things. And we'll start there as far as the quarterback competition goes at Arizona. Look, they, they, there's still no decision that's been made. It's it's When a decision is made, Coach Fish has said, I will tell you guys when I have named a starting quarterback. Now, the quarterback competition does appear to be getting uh, to be – showing signs of some bit of separation. Gunnar Cruz was chosen to run with the first team on Sunday night, and he made the most of his opportunity. He thought he played well. Um, he put up good numbers, had a nice touchdown pass on the third play of the of the drive to Stanley Berryhill. Stanley Berryhill, by the way, continues to be an absolute nightmare for the uh, Arizona defense. They can't cover him. Um, he's a problem right now <laughs> for that defense. And look, this is a secondary and I'll get into the secondary, but this is a secondary that's done a pretty good job of covering people in practices, in, in live uh, you know, team sessions and things like that. They just haven't made a whole lot of plays. But the, I felt like the coverage has been pretty good. But Stanley Berryhill has been a one-man wrecking crew in that uh, defensive secondary, and he scored a big 62-yard touchdown in the, uh, in the, first, uh, the first set of reps with that, uh, uh, with that offense last night. Gunnar Cruz threw a ball, uh, you know, a dime, right to him, 62-yard touchdown play 
that was a nice a nice play to see from both of those guys, see him, see him connect. Now, Gunnar Cruz may be emerging as QB1, but it's not to say that he's without fault. Um, you, you know, one of the big knocks on, on Gunnar Cruz during the offseason, you know, observations that were made while he was at Washington State, was that he, he holds on to the ball too long. He, he's, he needs to make quicker decisions, you know, make the, get the ball out faster. And we've seen some of that. Coaches have talked about some of that here in, in this preseason, uh, the camp session of Arizona football's 2021 season. The other two quarterbacks, Will Plummer, Jordan McLeod, both move the ball on offense pretty well. Um, both have shown the ability to, to scramble, run the ball. Obviously, Jordan McLeod, a, you know, a really, really good athlete, the transfer from USF, and we saw what Will Plummer could do. Um, look, I, it's one of those situations where you wish you could, you could take the best parts of all three guys and put them together into one quarterback. You know, you want, you want Gunnar Cruz's right arm, right? You want that, that cannon of a right arm that he's got. You want that statuesque, uh, you know, stand-in-the-pocket type NFL pro quarterback look, you know, 6'4", 200 pounds, stand-in-the-pocket, be strong, step up into the pocket, deliver a football downfield with, with accuracy and with zip. Um, with Will Plummer, just the overall desire to compete and win each play. I, I just love how hard-nosed of a player Will Plummer is. We saw it last year. The kid's tough. He wants to be out there. He loves to compete. And he's also a, you know, a very heady player as well. And you like to see a, a good decision-maker uh, like that is at the quarterback position. And Jordan McLeod, with just incredible athleticism, he's fast, he's twitchy, he can really deliver the ball quickly. He's got that quick release. Um, and, you know, and he's also – He's also a, a, a really good game manager. He's not a guy who's going to turn the ball over a lot. He doesn't take a whole lot of risks. At least he didn't in his second stint. You know, the, 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 the first stint that he had at USF, he was playing in more of a pro-style offense. And I think, obviously, as a freshman, had the, you know, the propensity to turn the ball over a little bit more. The ball was in his hands. He was playing more point guard situation there um, and trying to make big plays. Whereas in his second season, new offensive coordinator, new, new scheme, it was more of an RPO, get the ball out quickly, just get them to, the, you know, to your playmakers, just move the ball out of the pocket quick. Um, so th- you know, it, he went through a couple of changes there. Now here he's going to go back to a little bit more of a pro-style offense with Jed Fish, Brennan Carroll. It's going to be more of a pro-power-style offense. They're going to feature running the football. But you're going to have to have a quarterback that makes plays. You know, the, the, the offensive line isn't perfect. It's getting there. Um, there's some good pieces, of course, some good individual pieces, but it takes time for, a, for an offensive line to gel and to get that chemistry that is necessary to move the football consistently down the field and move the chains. So you, you need a quarterback who's going to make plays, whether, whether it's with his feet or with his arm talent. And the three guys that are competing right now for that number one job have shown flashes at times to be able to be that guy, but no one has consistently been able to do it. And one way or another, they're going to have to arrive at an answer. And again, you know, this is six practices in. We've had a scrimmage now, and the, 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 the verbiage from the coaches is still the same. We're, we're still waiting for someone to emerge, and the patience is wearing a little bit thinner. This time last week, we were preaching patience. Off, uh, 
Coach Brennan Carroll, he said, we need to be patient. We need to relax. This is the third day of practice. You know, one of these guys will take over. Well, a week later now, now it's starting to get a little bit tighter because <laughs> September 4th is approaching rapidly. It's already the 16th of August. It's middle August right now. So we're 20 days away, 19 days away from from opening day. And getting the ball, giving the ball to a quarterback who's going to try and win a football game for Arizona. Which quarterback would you trust to win the football game for you right now, to be the starter in, in, you know, in the offense right now? Uh, again, <laughs> it's difficult because all three guys offer something unique and different. There's different leadership qualities that are inherent with each of these guys. But I will tell you this, and this is not only based on the press conference that Brendan Carroll had after the uh, after the Friday practice, but this is something that I've also heard from people who have been at the practices and people who are close with the with the program, uh, people who work within the program, not within the program, but work closely with the program, and that's that the communication level needs to be at a at a completely different level than where it's at right now. They are having real difficulties communicating with one another on offense. And last night in the scrimmage, it led to some really awful penalties. Uh, the, the offensive penalties, especially in crucial situations, last night just drive killers. Back-to-back hold. You get down to the four-yard line, and you get back-to-back holding calls. Now, I get it. Jalen Harris has been a one-man wrecking crew on the defense. And we'll get into Jalen Harris and what he's done as the uh, pretty much the only healthy defensive lineman on the team right now. But we'll get into what he's done and, and just how his impact has affected Arizona uh, offensively. But, you know, and I get it. You're trying to block him, but and he's, he's at this point, he's impossible to block right now at, at this point in, in, uh, in, in the, uh, uh, the offseason. But you've got to do better, and there has to be better communication. There were breakdowns in communication. Coach Jed Fish talked about it. Look, the guys aren't talking. It leads to miscommunications on the field. The, the left hand kind of doesn't know what the right hand is doing, and therefore mistakes are being made. You have to clean that up. Uh, I mean, look, I, I preach this. I preach this probably more than anybody else does as far as, like, you know, whether it be journalists or radio personalities because I do think it's just, it's just vital to success. I, I've always preached communication is the number one thing. It's the number one reason that relationships don't work because they don't communicate with one another, right? I mean, we've all been there before. We've all had had obstacles in, in relationships where the communication levels weren't right, whether you're at your job, with your significant other, with your kids, you know, whatever have you. Breakdowns in communications always lead to breakdowns in the relationship, breakdowns in in you know, in, in the, the coexistence of, you know, you, you being able to thrive and move forward. It's equally as important in sports on a, on a team sport. You have to be able to communicate. When I, when I watch Arizona basketball, and I've been, I've been able to be at a lot of practices um, over the years, and, of course, I sit courtside. I'm right there. I've been, I'm able to hear everything. The teams that have always performed well, the teams that have performed better than other teams in the past, regardless of talent, Okay, and I'm talking about teams that had less talent than more talented teams that we've seen at Arizona. The teams that communicate well are the teams that perform well and win win basketball games. Those are the teams that go deep in the tournament. If teams aren't talking, you you I mean 
there's just dead silence on, on wh- whatever side of the ball they're on, whether they're defense or their offense. If they're not talking, they're not communicating, things are breaking down, and they're not winning basketball games. Same exact thing happens on a football field. Same things happen in baseball, in hockey, any kind of team sport. If you're not communicating with your teammates, bad things are going to happen. And right now, according to two of the coaches that have been interviewed and two of the people that I trust to keep eyeballs on these types of things, there's no communication right now. That has to be changed. It has to be fixed. They have to figure out who's going to step up and be a vocal leader on this team. Because as it stands right now, whatever the coaches are preaching is not getting through. I guarantee those coaches are hammering it home that you have to communicate. You have to talk to one another. The coaches, the coaches understand this. They get this. They're coaches. They know how important it is, how imperative it is, how, how crucial it is to be able to communicate on the football field with your teammates. It's not getting through. So someone needs to emerge as a vocal leader on this team, specifically on the offense. Is it Stanley Berryhill? You know, I, I don't know if, if Stanley is, is the, the vocal guy. You know, who, who is it going to be? Somebody needs to step up. Somebody needs to take that, take that first step and, and lead by example because it's not happening right now. And if it's not happening right now, it may not happen on September 4th, September 11th, September 18th, and on through the Saturdays and the Friday that we have in this regular season, and it's going to cause problems. You're going to see things like you saw last night at the scrimmage. First and goal from the four, and next thing you know, it's first and goal from the 24. Drive killers. Guys getting free in the, in the backfield. No communication. It's, it, it, needs, it needs to improve. It has to. If this team is going to have a chance at winning any football game this year. They have to be better at communicating than they are right now. Where does it start? I mean, obviously it starts with your quarterback position, but look, the offensive line needs to gel. That's where, the, that's where a ton of the communication needs to come from. You know, when you, when you watch a game on TV and you see the big fat guys are pointing, you know, they stop and they point and they're pointing and they're pointing, they're communicating. They're telling each other, hey, I got this guy. I got this guy. We got to let this guy go free. We got, we got this guy. We're going we're gonna, to you know, tandem this guy. We're going to trap this guy. Whatever. Things change. You get to the line of scrimmage, you're like, oh, wait a second. They're in a different look than we expected. Um, what's, you know, what's our call? What's the protocol for this, for this look? They gave us a five-man front. Uh, we were expecting four. What do we do here? Okay. Got to communicate those things. Because if you're not on the same page, <laughs> that's when disasters happen. That's when you see plays like in the, the football follies, a quarterback scrambling, trying to kick the ball backwards. and stuff. That's, that's when that kind of stuff happens. So communication has got to be on a better level. That's, that's the number one thing right now for Arizona football. They need to find out who their starting quarterback is going to be, let him be the leader, and they need to start communicating better. Don't miss NFL Cover 2 every weekday here on ESPN Tucson. It's brought to you by Barrio Brewing Company. Barrio Brewing Company, Arizona's oldest brewery, celebrating 30 years of brewing right here in the state of Arizona. Coming up at some point before we uh, before we get out of here at 9 a.m., so in the next hour and a half or so, I've got a pair of tickets to go see famous comedian Gabriel Iglesias in the Beyond the Fluffy Comedy Tour. It's going to be going on Saturday, November 13th at Casino del Sol. We will have a pair of tickets to give away to that at some point today to go see Fluffy, uh, very, very funny, hilarious comedian, and, uh, of course, very popular in Tucson as well. So we'll have some tickets to give away to that. On the other side of the break, 
I'll come back with some of the defensive notes from this weekend of Wildcat football. The defensive line, rot with injuries. What does that mean for Arizona's defense looking towards September 4th? Jalen Harris, the secondary, and what Don Brown is doing to improve this team in more than just a coaching aspect. We'll talk about that next. You're listening here to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. As I mentioned, stay tuned. some point during the next 90 minutes, we'll give away a pair of tickets to go see Gabriel Iglesias in the Beyond the Fluffy Comedy Tour coming up in uh, middle November. Stay tuned for that. Listen for your cue to call. You can be the winner of a pair of tickets to go see Fluffy in concert. Um, some defensive notes from the weekend. First of all, like I, I mentioned Jalen Harris, he, he can't be talked about enough. He's been the best player Arizona has had, period, on either side of the ball this entire preseason. That's just it, – it, it's a fact. He has been unblockable. He has been able to do whatever he wants <laughs> on defense. He has been disruptive in the backfield, the offensive backfield, on – Numerous, numerous plays. And in the scrimmage, he had a sack, he had a TFL, he had numerous quarterback pressures. He's just, he's everywhere. He's unblockable. He's a real problem right now for Arizona's offense. And I'm going to give, I'm going to give Jalen Harris most of the credit for this, but I would be remiss if I didn't give a little credit to his coach. Because Don Brown has been able to come in and really accentuate what Jalen Harris does well, and that's cause problems in the defensive backfield. Jalen Harris is a natural playmaker. He's got the athleticism. He's got the just natural size and God-given talent to create plays for the defense. That's what he does. You know, he's, he's not going to be your – 130 tackles a year kind of guy. He's a guy that's going to just wreak havoc on other teams. If you ignore Jalen Harris as an offensive coordinator, if you if you just neglect to block him or if you have a, a gaffe on the offensive line where they just they just screw up and miss their assignment, there's gonna be a fumble, there's gonna there's gonna be a problem. He's going to create issues for the for the opposing team. And I, I'm loving it. Because he's finally in a defense where he can just attack, just go straight line, pin the ears back, and just go. And you see it in other plays as well where he's, even though he's pinned his ears back and he's on go, in certain situations he's able to read the RPO and he's able to get his paw on a, hand, on, a, on, a on a thrown ball, tip it to himself, intercept it, deflect passes, or on a delayed handoff like a draw or something like that, he's able to reverse course and run down the line of scrimmage and run down the play. He's just been phenomenal. I mean, absolutely unstoppable on defense in this in this preseason portion of the season. And again, I would be remiss if, if I didn't give credit to defensive coordinator Don Brown because Coach Brown brings in that relentless attack mode on defense. If you watched... If you watched Michigan over the last several years, you know what you know what I'm talking about. If you watched uh, Boston College back in the day when he was when he was there, you know what I'm talking about. Like he just he's I mean UConn's best year ever 
in the history of, of that football program, which has been an awful, awful football program. I mean, they went to a New Year's Bowl game. Don Brown, the defensive coordinator, wreaking havoc with that defense. They got players drafted in the NFL <laughs> out of UConn. So I would be remiss if I, if I didn't give Coach Don Brown some of the credit. Regardless, the players will have to go out there and make the plays, and Jalen Harris is making the most of it. But he is uh, he's just doing whatever he wants uh, versus Arizona's offense. And I'm, I'm here for it. I love it. I like Jalen Harris a lot as a player. Uh, he's going to serve Arizona well this year. And, you know, it's unfortunate that he's not out there to play with his brothers right now because I don't mean his literal brother, who's also on the team. Uh, I mean his other brothers on the defensive line because almost the entire defensive line is hurt right now. Uh, J.B. Brown, Trevon Mason, Keon Bars, Paris Shand, Eddie Siamau Sanatoa, uh, all all of those guys are are out. They they didn't play. Now, Coach Jed Fish says that he believes that they'll be ready to go for week one of the season, which is good. Obviously, uh, we need healthy defensive linemen because you, you know without them you're in really big trouble. And look, Arizona has had um, issues in the past. It's not been a, a Arizona has been able to recruit athletes. Okay, they've been able to recruit receivers and DBs and running backs and quarterbacks and such. What they haven't been able to really recruit are top-end, top-line offensive and defensive line guys. Not consistently, at least. They've had a few guys here and there, sure. Um, But it's been a difficult place to recruit the beef, too, right? Look, the Pac-12 as a whole has had that issue. If you're not Utah or Oregon or USC – you're having issues, and even Utah doesn't even re- really recruit those guys. They just grow them, <laughs> right? They grow them in Salt Lake. They, you know, they, they, they're, they're churning out grown men by the time they hit the football field because of the whole, the, you know, the, the Mormon missions and all that kind of stuff. These guys are 23, 24 years old when they're getting on the field. They're grown men. Um, but, you know, all the Pac-12 teams have difficulty recruiting the beef. Um, so Arizona's, you know, always had that problem. So if if the defensive line, if, if you know, look, J.B. Brown is a, is a really good player. Trevon Mason, Keon Bars, both really good players as well. They've got rotational guys that, that are also hurt. Again, they expect all the injured defensive linemen to be back for September 4th against BYU. But this is, uh, this is concerning, to say the least. Um, it's concerning. <laughs> Just put it that way. I don't, I don't want to, like, throw a wet blanket on everything, but – Got to have these guys healthy. And, uh, man, I just hope they're able to to hold up through the rigors of a 12-game season. So um, so there's that. And then uh, one final note here on uh, on Arizona football because there were some, uh, some new faces. Well, a couple of new faces and a, and a, and a familiar face at Arizona the, uh, at the uh, scrimmage last night. Wide receiver Mayjean Wright was in attendance. Now, Mayjean was a transfer. Obviously, he played last year in uh, for, for Kevin Sumlin. He transferred to Middle Tennessee in the offseason and then returned back here to Arizona. And he was on the sideline last night, and Coach Jed Fish announced that he has been added to the roster, that Mayjean Wright will be a member of this football team for the 2021 season, which is good to hear. Uh, Mayjean has a lot of talent. He's one of those very slippery kind of, Wide receivers, he likes to catch the ball over the middle, even considering his slight stature. Um, is a guy that can go over the middle, has got really good speed to him, 
and uh, he's look he, he's he improves this team by being on it. So uh, that's a good sign. Also, um, a couple of uh, well, one transfer and one walk on essentially were also spotted at scrimmage last night. Central Michigan defensive lineman Mo Diallo, Mohamed Diallo. Uh, he's a he's a defensive lineman. He was an all uh, an all MAC performer uh, on the defensive line for Central Michigan, and he transfers to Arizona. So it's good again, more defensive line depth. That is definitely going to help. He's a seasoned guy, played in the MAC, and uh, was a good performer for uh, for the Chippewas. And then a uh, walk on tight end by the name of Carson Coda, and uh, both of those guys will also be eligible to play in the games. Um, although Mayjean Wright will only be able to participate in practice. Um, at this time. So, again, these are improvements to the football program and improvements to this team. You've got uh, a, couple of, uh, a couple of practice bodies, and you've got a guy who's going to be able to step in and play right away. Uh, Coach Jed Fish said that he expects Mo Diallo to be, quote, an impact player for the Wildcats this season, and I think, uh, I think he hit the nail on the head there. It's, it's, look, it's a good transfer for Arizona to get. I just got done talking about how the defensive line is depleted. So, um, good additions for the Wildcat football team. 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson, and Tucson Appliance is looking for the next big radio star, and it could be you. If you think you have what it takes to be on the air, submit a video, 60 seconds or less, showing us what you can do. Your video may even get played on the air during the Spears and Ali show weekdays from 3 to 6. Now, the grand prize winner will earn a weekly phone guest on a segment of uh, the Spears and Ali show to talk NFL, talk sports, you know, whatever you know, whatever flavor happens to be going on at that time. Get your video to ESPNTucson.com. We will start voting on August 27th. So you essentially have 10 days to submit your video. So get on that. Get your 60 seconds or less on-air video sent to us at ESPN Tucson. A star is born on ESPN Tucson, brought to you by Tucson Appliance only at Tucson Appliance, where our low prices are your priority. More after this, it's the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Uh, real quick note, because I didn't get a chance to uh, talk about it, we had to go to break. But uh, interesting, just, you know, note of the, the walk-on tight end that uh, that Arizona brought on, that I mentioned, you know, in the uh, before uh, before we went to break, the, uh, the the walk-on tight end, he is the the son of of a uh, of a former Oregon standout, of course, Chad Coda. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Son of uh, uh, NFL, it was played in the NFL, um, and the younger brother of UCLA receiver Chase Coda. Now Chase was coached by Jimmy Darty. Um, who was the who was the wide receivers coach in UCLA at UCLA? So um, Carson Cota coming over to uh, to Arizona. Obviously, the uh, the staff knows him well, knows his brother, knows his dad. So that's it's it's a, it's a good addition. It's, it's it's good to have legacy you know play type players you know guys who have family members that played in the league. Always had to get get those uh, get those kids into camp because they got they got brought up on these types of you know these types of situations. They are familiar with how you're expected to act as a member of a of a football program always good to have um so a few other things uh, of note here for arizona football the next practice they're, they, they're taking today off so no practice today they obviously had the late scrimmage last night no practice today they'll be back on the field tuesday 
for a uh, for a practice, and then um, Saturday night. Just you know, fast forwarding ahead, this upcoming Saturday night, the twenty first, will be a live scrimmage, the final live scrimmage of the uh, of the off season or preseason, whatever you want to call it, for Arizona football. That's going to be at Arizona Stadium. It's going to be full live. I will be there. We'll be doing PA. We're going to be doing music. We're doing everything. So it's going to be like a like a full game situation. So it's going to be your last chance to be able to see the Arizona Wildcats football product before we see them in Vegas on September 4th. So I recommend you get your booties down <laughs> to the football stadium at 7.30 on Saturday and watch the game because this is going to be the last chance we see them before they get on the field for real live bullets in Las Vegas. Um, and unless you're going to the Vegas game, it's going to be the first time you get to see the team until September 11th. So get down there. It's free. There's going to be Fan Fest going on, so there's going to be plenty of activities before the game for the families and such that want to partake in some of the fun activities that are going on next door. Head on over to Arizona Stadium, 730, for the live scrimmage. And that's the night where I think we're going to see what this team is really going to look like. We may find out this week who the starting quarterback is going to be. Uh, If Jetfish makes a declaration on that, they're going to be watching film all day today. Guaranteed, they're going to be watching film. They're going to be discussing things in the office about their depth chart, who's going to be the starting quarterback. Jetfish says they're getting close. He wants to look at film. He said he has a pretty good idea of his depth chart at quarterback. So we may find out before Saturday, and I think it's likely that we will, um, but that's going to be your, your opportunity to see QB1 for Arizona this season. Now, what are the odds that Jed Fish plays all three quarterbacks at some point this season? Because, look, Jordan McLeod, as talented as he is, is just a redshirt sophomore, which means that he has a lot of eligibility remaining. And if he doesn't win the starting job, we've seen this before at other programs. We've seen it it here at Arizona. Quarterbacks who don't win the starting job, will often look to transfer. Uh, who was it just had a transfer yesterday? Somebody, I can't remember which, which school it was, named the starting quarterback, and then the, the guy that he was in competition with immediately entered the transfer portal. So, look, that's, that's the risk that you take bringing in transfer quarterbacks. So, you know, there's a possibility that if Jordan McLeod isn't named the starter, that he could look to transfer. However... I also think that there's a possibility that all three guys play at some point this season, whether it's through injury or performance, but I don't know because we've never seen Jed Fish coach a football game before. We have no idea what his, what his leash, you know, how long the leash is or what, what his hook looks like. Now, if this were the Kevin Sullivan era, I would say it's all but guaranteed that all three guys are going to play at some point because – as soon as you make one mistake, you would you would hit the sideline. That was it. Kevin Sumlin would 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 yank you out of the game just as quickly as you made that mistake. Uh, I never agreed with that style of coaching. When I watched him at Houston, when I watched him at Texas A&M, now at Houston he didn't have a whole lot of chance to to yank Case Keenum because he was always perfect. But um, certainly at Texas A&M, it was it was like a, a a cavalcade of quarterbacks just running in and out of the offense. There, it was ridiculous. I hated the way he coached quarterbacks. You have to let them make mistakes. You, I mean, you have to. It's part of the job. <laughs> Hope they don't make the same mistake twice, right? It's just like, just like parenting. <laughs> Can't just throw the kid out and get a new one. Give me a new kid. This one just screwed up. Okay? 
So I, I, I don't know how Jed Fish coaches quarterbacks in, in game situations if he has a quick hook or if he allows his quarterbacks to go out there and make mistakes. We're going to find out. We'll find out in the first few weeks if the starting quarterback, whoever it may be, whomever it may be, if they really struggle. Now, this is just a hypothetical. I'm not, trying to be, I'm not trying to say that they will struggle. I'm not making any predictions. Let's just say hypothetically, okay, this is going to get taken out of context. It'll get, it'll get pulled. Some of this conversation will get pulled and put on Twitter or some website somewhere, and I'll be slandered for it. I'm sure it will be. Hypothetically, if Gunnar Cruz is the starting quarterback for Arizona, and in his first three games he throws seven interceptions and one touchdown, okay, <laughs> that's going to say things that we, you know, a lot of things about this program. What Jed Fish, how he feels about yanking quarterbacks when they make a mistake. It also tells us about the depth chart of the quarterbacks and what we could have possibly seen uh, from the other two guys. You know, who knows? It's just being hypothetical. Or it could be Gunnar Cruz goes out there, fumbles the first snap of the game, and we never see him again <laughs> until, you know, midway through the conference season. Who knows? Who knows? Honestly. That's the one thing about this season it, that is the, the ultimate X factor. Jet Fish has never coached a football game before. He's never been the head coach of a football game. That's the great X factor. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. But I know this. <laughs> I know that the defense is going to play physically. They're going to play fast. They're going to come at every single team that they see with reckless abandon. And they may get burned, but, damn it, they're going to try to, to make as many plays in that backfield as they possibly can because they have to. It's, it's, it's all or nothing on that defense this year. And the offense is going to try and, and just move the sticks. Okay? It's not going to be what we've seen recently in the past. It's going to be, look, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for a power running game with a fullback and too tight. I am down for that. With 22 personnel, absolutely, all day long. 22 personnel, one outside the numbers. Maybe release one tight end. You keep one in for a block or a wham or something like that. You run that full block, full back up in there for a lead. Now all of a sudden you got uh, a, you know an eight, an eight on six essentially up front. Yeah, I'm here for it, man. Give it to me. I'm ready. So this is gonna be look. I, I I'm excited. I think everybody should be too. And I'm waiting with bated breath to see what this team looks like, especially with the defensive line and the problems we're having right now with the with the injury bug there. Um, but we're going to see a lot this Saturday night at the scrimmage, so be ready for that. We're going to take a timeout. When we return, the D-backs had a uh, very unique situation occur over the weekend, and we're very happy for a young man. We'll talk about that next. You're listening here to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, let's do it. Let's give away a pair of tickets to go see Gabriel Iglesias and the Beyond the Fluffy Comedy Tour Saturday, November 13th at Casino del Sol. 520-719-1490. That's 719-1490. We're going to take caller number one. Early bird gets the worm on this one. We're going to have tickets all week, but today is your first chance to win a pair of tickets to go see the very, very funny Fluffy and the Beyond the Fluffy Comedy Tour Saturday, November 13th. Good luck and um, enjoy the show. Over the weekend, it was Saturday night, um, was kind of just flipping back and forth between a bunch of different stuff. I was watching some replays 
of that day's earlier NFL action. Was flipping back, back and forth between that and the Diamondbacks game, just kind of keeping tabs on that. And noticed something very strange that was going on uh, against the Padres on Saturday night. There was no score being put up for the Padres, one of the best offensive teams in the league. And I kept looking, and I'm like, okay, still nothing, you know, still you know, three nothing, four nothing. Okay, well, they're not scoring here. And then I looked a little closer. I was like, well, wait a second. This is like the fifth inning. Padres don't have any hits. <laughs> They've had a couple of runners, but no hits. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, Tyler Gilbert throwing a no hitter. I'm like, wait a second. Tyler Gilbert, Tyler Gilbert making his first start? Tyler Gilbert? So then I started watching. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm invested. And uh, watching this young man. 27-year-old young man, uh, Pac-12 kid, went to USC. And in his first major league start, now he had three major league appearances from the bullpen this season, uh, but no starts. This is his first major league start, and the young man completed a no-hitter. His uh, his parents were in attendance. His dad was fired up. That was awesome to see. And uh, just so such a cool feeling um, for that young man as he gets the, uh, the no-hitter. And, look, it, it, one of those – situations where it's like when was the last time this happened well it had been 68 years since it happened and it's only the second time it's happened since the beginning of the 19th century or the i'm sorry the beginning of the 20th century i always get that messed up beginning of the 20th century the 1900s the other two times it's only happened four times in the history of the sport where a player making his first major league start gets a no hitter it happened to some bobo holeman 68 years ago, was able to uh, to do it for the St. Louis Browns. <laughs> and then the, the other two were in the 1880s, back when, uh, who knows what kind of statistics they were keeping in the 1880s. <laughs> so just a remarkable night for that young man, Tyler Gilbert, throwing a no-hitter in his, uh, in his first Major League start. Then, yesterday, um, just kind of, you know, watching some sports, doing some work around the house and stuff, and I get notification that there's a perfect game being thrown in Detroit. And I'm like, okay, well, the Tigers are being no hit. There's a perfect game going on. I'm not surprised. Tigers suck. Uh, Cleveland Indians starter Tristan McKenzie was on the mound for that. Tristan McKenzie is a rookie, a, a rookie in Major League Baseball this season. He took a perfect game into the eighth inning, gets one out in the eighth, gets another out in the eighth. He's getting closer to taking it into the ninth and then kind of, Hangs a curveball up there, and uh, it gets kind of inside out and into right field for a hit. There goes the no-no. There goes the perfect game. But he did finish the game with a one-hit shutout, and it was the first time, not only the first time that he had ever really, you know, kind of gone that far into a game. He had um, he only had like six decisions on the season as a rookie starter. It was the first time he'd thrown 100 pitches in a game, first time he'd gone beyond the seventh inning in a game. <laughs> so, man. There's a, there's a lot of young talent in Major League Baseball, and they're doing some great things, and uh, it's, it's fun to watch. And, um, look, we're getting close to the end here of the regular season, about 40 games to go or so. Um, playoff pennant races are getting a lot hotter right now, and you're getting to know which teams are going to be there at the end and which teams are not. Congratulations to William Stone. William Stone was our, our lucky caller winning those Gabriel Iglesias tickets. Thank you, William. Congratulations on your win. Enjoy the show on November 13th. And again, we'll have tickets all week long for the Beyond the Fluffy Comedy Tour that's coming up in, uh, in mid-November. Now, FYI, it is a Wildcat football game night. 
so you're going to have to make a decision there. Hopefully, uh, maybe the Wildcats somehow miraculously get a day game that day, and you can do both, William. So uh, hope to hope to see at the at the day game if we get one for once. That's the, I remember when it was like it was la- last week, right? Yeah, six days ago, when it was 25 days from opening day, and the Arizona Wildcats Twitter accounts and such were featuring Kadeem Carey. What a just a remarkable football player he was, not only for City of Tucson, of course, but also for the Arizona Wildcats, and, and still like, still doing his thing. I, I follow Kadeem, and uh, he's still doing his thing in the CFL. I was there that day. I've had season tickets for 16 years. I was there the day that we played Colorado, and he had the record. You know, he ran for like 6,000 yards. Um, that was – I was talking with with some buddies about that. And we were just reminiscing about just how impressive that performance was by Kadeem Carey. Not only did he break the school record, Pac-12 record for most yards in a, in a game, he was nearing Ladanian Tomlinson's record, national record, 400, what, 422 yards in a game, I believe. B.J. Denker was the quarterback that day. Colorado knew we weren't going to throw the football. They, had, they were 10 men in the box. They were playing pretty much single high safety. They were running the football. Arizona was running the football against 10 men in the box. And Kadeem Carey was clicking off like 12 yards every time he touched the ball. It was ridiculous. One of the most incredible performances I've ever seen. It's got me thinking. I love that kind of stuff. And it just got me thinking. I was like, that's a, like one of the last day games that I can remember us playing. That was years ago. Travis. All right, we got a lot of stuff to talk about coming up in hour number two. A ton of NFL and some follies in NASCAR overshadowing A.J. Allmendinger's second career win. We'll be right back in just a couple minutes. Stay tuned. It's the Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson, KMXC HD4 Tucson. 